You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, here high atop the Blue Ridge Mountains, uh, enjoying the frosty Dr. Pepper, but... Uh, Richard, on the other hand, um, I, I don't know. I, we don't know what's happened to Richard lately. Once a proud Brooklynite, uh, you know, Richard has now become a, a collard green-eating banjo player. He's out wandering the Ozarks. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he'll come in. Maybe he won't. Um, we'll just have to have to wait and see and be patient with this, uh, you know, conversion cultural change that Richard is going through. So we'll just be patient and wait for him to pop in. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, tell everyone we have uh, America's Web Radio is now in new facilities, new expanded and more modern facilities. And uh, we're still fine, um, but... Uh, David Moxley and company are pulling it all together, and uh, we're happy for that. Uh, a couple of other quick things, and we've got some guests with us, too, and I'll introduce them here in just a second. Um, you know, can you believe it all? Uh, Hershey, the AACA Hershey Fall Meet, starts a week from Tuesday, a week from this Tuesday, and, of course, this year it's going to end the day early on Friday. Um, so everything is shifted forward a week. But um, you'll want to be there at Hershey. And remember that the car show is not Saturday. It's Friday this year. So um, the other thing I want to toss out there to you a little bit early, and that is the Coastal Virginia Auto Show in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And that is going to be... Uh, November 18th through 20th, uh, and that is going to be put together by good friends Jeanette Robertson and Dr. Mark Evans and the rest of the gang at Sinclair Communications down there in the Tidewater area. It's going to be a great show. There's going to be something there for everyone. Um, so getting along with that, I've got a couple of good friends of mine on and uh, we've got Alexander Sultanas and Pat Mesher. Good morning. Uh, great to have you guys. Um, so both of these guys are really steeped in the automotive automotive hobby, and uh, both of them are incredibly active. Uh, blessed to call them friends. And uh, I'm going to just kind of start out this morning. We're going to start out with uh, Alex. And uh, Alex has got an affliction, an, an unusual one. He uh, owns a particular vehicle. I don't know. What, what is it, a KFC wagon? That you KFC. Alexander? No, it's, it's called a KFC wagon. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. The KFC yeah, yeah. goes sorry. with your Dr. Pepper there. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a KDF wagon, which is a pre-production Volkswagen. It's a 1944 uh, February built 1944 car. It's a pre prelude to what would become the Volkswagen Beetle. It's one of the world's most sold cars. Yeah. There are a lot of differences um, between the uh, KDF and what people as commonly associate as, as 
Volkswagen as the uh, a Beetle, and uh, a lot of a lot of changes were made from the time that the KDF was produced to the time that you know, gosh, by the you know, not only the time Volkswagen Beetles basically were in production, but you know, were imported to the states and all over the world. Um, you know, tell tell us a little bit about a why did you choose the KDF? as the object of your affections? Well, uh, back in the uh, 90s, I had a 1943 Kugelwagen Jeep from World War II. Um, if people don't know what that is, if you've ever seen like an old war movie that saw a German vehicle in there with a canvas roof on it that looked sort of like a Volkswagen thing, uh, those were made by Volkswagen. So I actually had one of those. And uh, when I had it, I really learned so much about it, and it was just fascinating to me, the whole aspects of all these cars. And um, one interesting fact on it, that the Kubel wagons were built where they had, they were considered the most disposable vehicle of World War II from every country. The life expectancy was two weeks for those cars. So uh, being that we basically... Wow make as little metal as possible, uh, get them to, you know, replace motorcycles, basically, and horses, and uh, make this vehicle, make a lot of them. So all these kinds of things were so fascinating to me, and uh, I went through some financial situations, and that car went and everything else, and eventually I promised myself I was going to have a car 10,000 times rarer than that. And I've had a bunch of cars since then, but in 2002, I found I, I stumbled on this one on the internet, and um, this is this is the rare. This, for me, this is the holy grail vehicles of VWs. I mean, uh, this is the beginning. This is uh, they were prototypes. Everyone was a little different, and. Uh, this would be the prelude to what Volkswagen would be and what Porsche would be. So the DNA from these is what where the Porsche 356 came from and the Porsches of today. It all stemmed from the beginning of these cars. And I was just fascinated by it. But this one particular needed everything. And um, it, was, uh, it was stripped of all its parts. It had been found abandoned in Krakow, Poland, in World War II, with bullet holes in it, shrapnel damage, and a front-end accident. I mean, it, this car was a pretty sorry car, and uh, got eventually got put back into action, put on a field, and reused and reused, and kind of put together like a Cuban car to keep it surviving. Got to remember, there was no Volkswagen parts to update anything with. So over the years, whatever they had, they just changed it. And so eventually it was found stripped. Right. And the the fellow, Christian Grunman, who found this car in in uh, Germany, in uh, Krakow, Poland in 1980, brought it back. And God, remember, this is 1980 now. So it was determined that the car was just too rough to restore. He took the last couple of parts that were KDF pertinent off of it, sold it to a big collector in in England. It was the oldest Beetle in England at that point. And uh, after six or seven years, he gave up, couldn't find information, couldn't find parts, 
getting, you know, getting information, and this is the way it's supposed to go. One guy and getting information, this is how it's supposed to go. Another guy gave up, sold it to another guy. Same situation, another six years. I was able to obtain it with the promise that I'd be the last guy to have it and the promise that I would finish it. So I had to think long and hard about it because we're talking making parts out of blueprints, got to obtain blueprints. Um, this was not a for the faint of heart car. Uh, the restoration is still a company that's doing the body on it, has done an amazing amount of vehicles, and they said this is the hardest car they've ever restored. But they, it's also their favorite because it's it's an interesting car. When you look at this thing with the bullet holes and all this, you just say, I never had a car that I really wanted to see talk. And tell me what it went through, you know, more than this car. Pretty neat. The, uh, well, the tenacity that you've exhibited by sticking with this, uh, I, you say it's not for the faint of heart. Um, I've had an opportunity to read at least the introductory uh, article on the car in uh, okay. Crankshaft Magazine that uh, Richard... Um, edits and uh, publishes and uh, you know just fascinating and uh, you know it's kind of kind of awesome to think about the fact that you know you're basically picking up something that was junk really I, I mean there was nothing there nothing left you know hardly just the shell and you know a very historic piece there's what is there a a number rough, maybe a handful of these things out there? Yeah, there's, uh, uh, there's, maybe. there's about seven worldwide um, of, of 1944. They only made 121 of these cars to begin with. Wow. And some cars went out out the door missing parts because it's the wartime. you got to remember, this is wartime. They didn't run. They run out of materials. They were... I mean, it's, you know, if a book said they wanted to do something this way, and the reality was, oh, we don't have this part anymore, what, what do you do? So they retrofit something else on it. So you really kind of have to be kind of an archaeologist in a way to really look at the car and kind of have the car talk to you and uncover all the changes that was done, the damage that was fixed, and, and to look at paint and look at welds and... Uh, I mean, there was some. There's a prototype feature on this car that there's no other one that has it. I originally thought somebody added this thing, but after a lot of research, it took took about five, six, seven years to nail that down. Of of talking to people in Austria and Germany and things, but we designated that it's it's real. So, uh, see, that's one advantage. When you have a car that you're restoring over such a long period of time that's so unusual and you don't have any other one to go by, this is the only one in the United States. I'm trying to do this in the United States, and Europeans gave up on this thing. Pretty, pretty. I don't know if it's arrogant, <laughs> crazy of me, to, but I don't know why. I, never, I, no. I, I don't know. I didn't have any doubt I would be able to do it, but, uh, uh, you know, looking back 20 years later, I was like, boy. I was, I was pretty crazy to take this on. No, I, I, I can answer that question. I, I know you. You are crazy. It's, 
Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> so you, you 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 dream about this thing. I'm sure of it. You know. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I tell you, there's there's been times. It's it's been. You've probably heard something said like this before. It's therapeutic. I mean. There's been times I have injuries from a, a, an accident, so I've had like seven surgeries and stuff. There's been times I'm sitting in hospitals and sitting there uh, looking up for the correct bolts on our website and trying to translate Russian to figure out what, how do you say the heads of a bolt in Russian to try to get the right markings and things like this. So it kind of kept my mind off a lot of things, you know, during those times. And uh, it's something that it's true. What's that? Well, I was just saying, it's true for a lot of us. I, I think it's a therapy thing. Uh, yeah. Whether whether we're building building an entire car, whether we're you know rehabilitating uh, a single part or component, um, like Mr. Mesher does, and you know yep. it's it's therapeutic. Every once in a while. You know, I it might elicit some expletives, uh, but uh, for the most part, it's it's there therapeutic. I, I know for myself, it's you know that's that's the whole thing. It's just about immersing yep. yourself in it. it. Let's go to a break, and, and when okay. we come back, we'll finish up with Al Alexander and um, move on to Pat, and then we'll bring them both back. Stacy Abrams says yes to defund the police, as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. And now, back to the classic car show on America's web radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right. Well, we're uh, we're still looking for... Uh, Richard, it's been a valiant search, uh, but, uh, you know, search is over. Sorry, Rich, it's, it's okay, buddy. You know, hopefully you enjoy the banjo and the collards. 
Uh, we've got <laughs> Alexander Sultanas and Pat Mesher here with us, and uh, Alexander was just telling us about his Volkswagen KDF wagon. Um, you know, is it actually considered a Volkswagen Alex by name? Well, is it just a KDF wagon. Well, it's really was con- it's really considered the KDF wagon. It's it's the it's not, not it's actually pre Volkswagen really. Uh, right. Volkswagen was given its name back after World War II was over, and they and um, I mean the original intention was supposed to be called the uh, Volkswagen, but uh, when Mister A H decided to. Uh, Call it the KDF wagon. I guess nobody. He, he had said at his speech, the groundbreaking ceremony of the factory when they showed the cars for the first time to public, says it will be called the KDF wagon. And I guess nobody wanted to uh, argue with him, so that's where that's where it stayed. Stay the KDF, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and and not that not the KF. KFC wagon, the Colonel. Not the KFC with the surprise on the side. No, it's not that. No. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't help myself this morning. Um, so, uh, oh, good. No, it, it's a it, it's a fascinating story, and I know that um, you know there are going to be future installments in Crankshaft Magazine uh, for sure on your journey, and it really has been a journey for you. Uh, the one that's taking you uh, overseas numerous times to secure parts yep. and or to talk to people. Um, yeah, we've had so parts made, and yeah, I've had parts made in five different countries and uh, exchanges and currencies, and many. This is before euros. It's it's there was no PayPal. It was uh, you know there was no easy uh, ways of. Uh, Figuring out how how to decipher what this is saying in German now it's easier. So it's you know that, it's kind of two stories with this whole car. It's it's me doing it and then really the it's it really the story of how not to get stopped at doing something. You know, it's like I mean I had crazy amounts of time when I definitely was stopped, but uh, somehow we figured a way to carry on and find out the information we needed and find out and then get the thing or make the thing from a blueprint that it was able to obtain and things like that. And, uh, you know, I'm not that talented. I was just able to get a lot of really amazing people behind me uh, to help with the project, and that's that's how it goes. But, you know, one thing I was going to say is how good... Uh, one thing I was going to say is when oh, I, had I was the 43 Kubel. Yeah, sorry. When I had the 43 Kubel wagon, uh, and I enjoyed that, I got it pretty much as a turnkey car, and I learned about it. I loved taking it to shows, and I found myself just talking about all the things I learned about it. And everybody still remembers that from back in those days. I just had so much fun teaching everybody what I learned about it. That that's why I decided to do the seminar at the ACLA library. Was uh, at the uh, sorry, what I did at the AAC annual convention because it seemed everybody was just so interested in what I was doing. It seemed kind of selfish to kind of not. Uh, now I kept hearing well, that's inspiring and, and things like that. And you're a very 
shy. You're a very shy individual too, and you know I know it's it's pulled you out of your shell, right? Uh, you know. <laughs> well, no, it, it has. It, it's it. Yeah, uh, the uh, you're not shy, uh, not one one bit. Um, yeah, it's been a great story to share with people, and I think anyone that goes down the path of of doing a restoration, whether it's a full restoration or a partial restoration, it's interesting. Uh, you know, it starts out as a very solitary experience, and then as you move forward, uh, suddenly you feel like you've started adding team members and these are people that you've talked to um, along the way to gain experience, to find parts um, to take advantage of their knowledge where you have a deficiency and you know, before you know it, it it's no longer a solitary experience it, it's one that encompasses a lot of people and a lot of experts and, and those people then in turn become a lot of friends become friends and become a part of your whole process of putting everything back together your your family if you will just just starts to expand um i just yeah. went through that uh experience which i've been through many times just went through it uh recently with a car that a project that i have that i'm you know putting the parts for now ask me uh, answer a question for me alex because sure. uh, this is important to our discussion here today mm-hmm. does the kdf have a speedometer Yes, and it's really it funny you mention that because even that is of discrepancy what was put in it because of the wartime. They could have put a Kubelwagen one in there, or they could have made a, had a specialty made one for the 82E, So, which is different. It's geared down. It has uh, These cars are eight, geared down to 100 kilometers per hour, whereas the other ones are 120 kilometers per hour. And uh, I used had to use three speedometers to have a have a one made for this car. And it's when I heard our your other guests um, speedometer uh, seminar, that's all I could think about. I'm like, yeah, the things I had to do was to get this car to, to work, even the even the needle turns the opposite way on these cars. Uh, That's not an uncommon story, Alexander. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I love your seminar, by the way, your speedometer thing. I you know I went in there not really thinking about it and saw it, and boy, you opened my eyes to so many different things. That's why we got to all be open to so, check stuff out. Right, so. That being said, even the KDF wagon had a speedometer, and, uh, you know, everything we have today that we drive has a speedometer. But at some point in time, there were no speedometers on cars, um, but there were posted speed limits, I think, you know, along the lines of, you know, no faster than someone walking a horse or something of that nature. But um, so, Pat... Um, Mesher is the proprietor of Bill's Speedometer of Dayton, Ohio, and uh, he is a noted and very reputable expert in speedometer repair, restoration, and uh, the keeper of 
odd speedometer knowledge as well. And uh, just like Alexander, uh, both of these guys did seminars at the AACA annual membership convention uh, um, last year in, in Gettysburg. This year it's going to be in Williamsburg, Virginia. And uh, you know, but both these guys put on uh, exceptional seminars, uh, obviously. Pat was talking about speedometers, their history, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Alexander was, Sultanus was talking about his journey with the KDF wagon. Now, both of these guys are going to be in Hershey for the AACA Fall Nationals, which, as I said at the beginning, begin a week from this coming Tuesday. And they're going to reprise and have new and exciting material, I'm sure, go along with their previous seminars. So it's just going to be an expanded version, bigger, better, all of that. It's always bigger and better, right? So at the AACA library at Church Center headquarters there in Hershey. And what... What are the dates and, and times that you guys are going to be doing these? Um, Alexander, when are you doing your seminar? What day and what time? It'll be Wednesday at 10 in the morning, 10 a.m. Uh, I have I do a PowerPoint present. Yep, and I do a PowerPoint presentation. I have 172 slides, which show very clearly that I blast through. Um, I try to do it about an hour. A little real fast, have fun. Uh, it's all about fun. We're at Hershey after all, right? And um, and uh, you'll get the whole vibe of what we went through and all the team guys went through to, to, to do this car. So it's Wednesday at 10 a.m. It's really exceptional. So, Pat, uh, when are you doing yours? Mine will be Thursday, 10 a.m., also at the library. Um, I can't say I have as many slides as Alexander, but I do plan to bring lots of uh, show-and-tell toys and, and articles of explanation. Um, and it's also, I try to keep it as a, a flowing Q&A kind of session because it, it does get into the weeds. It, it was really great. Had a lot of buckle show-and-tell. Um, I had an opportunity to sit in your, on yours. Um, I did not have the opportunity... Unfortunately, I had meetings uh, during Alex's uh, seminar, and hopefully I'll get over there to uh, headquarters and be able to check out Alex's, but I did have the privilege of sitting through the vast majority of Pat's uh, seminar. Really interesting, a lot of hands-on there, okay, and, uh, as you said, most appropriately, show-and-tell. We'll be back in just a minute. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, 
Go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr, that's 888-268-4783, or visit jctaylor.com slash awr, drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor and now, back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. And we're back with uh, Alexander Soltanas of KDF Wagon fame. And we are also fortunate to have Patrick Mesher of Bill's Speedometer out of Dayton, Ohio. And... When we left you, we were just segueing in, and we were talking about some really great seminars that these guys are going to be doing uh, at the AACA Hershey Fall Nationals, which are going to begin a week from this coming Tuesday. Um, on Wednesday during Hershey Week at 10 a.m., Alexander is going to be at the AACA Library and Research Center and Headquarters uh, at 10 a.m. doing a seminar. And then on Thursday at 10, at 10 a.m., you're going to have Pat Mesher, and he's going to be talking everything you ever wanted to know about speedometers but were afraid to ask. And so as we segue to that, Pat, um, you know, we are all afflicted. We all have a, an addiction, whether it's... Uh, you know, one particular make a car, whether it's every kind of car, whether it's a particular component, whether it's advertising items, whether it's signs. You know, I I know you and I share a love for Hudson's too, and you know that immediately created a bond between between you and I because I've never met anybody that I didn't like that liked Hudson's. But uh, how did you get into all of this, and then you end up in this cottage industry? of, uh, you know, excellence in speedometer restoration and repair. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Hey, we have another guest. (laughs) Oh, my God. Richard. (laughs) Who that? Uh, So, so, uh, did you you, uh, lose your banjo? Well... You know, I'm, I'm teaching these people in the Ozarks how to do the Tarantella, but they just don't get it, you know? I think so. you didn't put a battery in your watch. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. It was all uh, so you didn't have to get up. You got to sleep a half hour later, too, right? Yeah, because it's, uh, you know, central time, and we're heading out to the car show now. We're going to set up the crankshaft booth. And it's a big, you know, a good-sized British car show near Rogers, uh, Arkansas, up at the northwest corner in the Ozarks. And uh, it's a pretty area. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to having a nice day, seeing some interesting cars. How y'all doing? Some more British cars. 
We're doing good. We were, uh, Alexander has been uh, regaling us with uh, stories of uh, KDF wagon fame. He, he pointed out to me that it, it's not a KFC wagon. It's a K, KDF wagon. Um, KDF. And we were just getting ready to KDF. And, uh, you know, we were talking about that uh, magazine that had been running, that has uh, had an article on it and going to have a continuation uh, series as the restoration progresses. And we were getting ready to segue into uh, Mr. Mesher. He was going to tell us about what brought him into this insanity that we all enjoy so well. Um and so he was going to tell us a little bit about his background. He's also a Hudson guy, too, by the way, uh, Richard. So. Oi, vey, please. Two of, two of us. <laughs> Don't hold it against me, Richard. At, at, at least we got Alex so, there, you know, a fellow bro from Queens, New York, you know, into the hey. foreign cars. That's cool. You power him, Alex. You go. <laughs> hey, we're good that way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring in I'll bring in the, the rural point of view down here. Uh-huh. I guess to start answering to start answering your question, Tom, as uh, quickly as I can. I, I grew up in a farm, um, having to fix everything. Um, had to know my wrench sizes by the time I was eight. My dad would uh, make me recite them uh, from lowest to highest. But I've always had the affliction of needing to understand how things work. I mean, like like. Alexander said earlier, part of it's therapeutic, part of it's crazy, big part of it's persistence, um, and then there's a lot of archaeology. Anyway, fast forward, I went to college, became an engineer, I worked in the automotive industry for 15 years in vehicle dynamics, and then I switched to medical device, I still get to tinker on all kinds of cool stuff, um, but I also have, as we all do, the car affliction, so going back who. 40 years I've had some kind of car um, and going back oh sometime early there I had a speedometer that was giving me problems um, couldn't afford to, to send it off so I took the whole thing apart lubricated it put it all back together it worked but I had no idea what speed I was going so fast forward a few more years and lo and behold at, uh, at the fall meet at Hershey I came across this place called Bill's Speedometer, and uh, there was a card there, and it said business for sale. And um, I didn't think anything of it. Threw the card in my pocket. Really wanted to talk to the guy, but I think he was out shopping. So a couple weeks later, get home, going through all the business cards, and I I see this um, card, and I realize that uh, this business is only an hour away from me, and I've never heard of it. Um, Bill, the owner... Um, was getting up there in years, wanted to retire, uh, was wanting to move on. So slowly I started doing work for him and um, was just doing it on the side just so he could keep up with the customers. I enjoyed it. Um, a few years later, we we started a transition plan, and um, it definitely feeds another dimension of that old car um, disease and also the the engineering tinkerer in me that uh, wants to do it. So Bill's, uh, Bill's, Bill's father actually started the business in the late 50s, I believe. Wow. Named it after his son when his son was only 10 years old. So 
his father before, who was a watchmaker for the Elgin Company, um, was obviously um, perfectly suited for it. So that pretty much brings us to today. Um, I've been at this for a few years now. I'm not sure I can agree with your words there, Tom. You flatter me in terms of being an expert um, because this is, like Alexander said, a continuous learning curve. I haven't lost the battle yet. It's just a matter of how long the battles take. <laughs> Some of the battles have been more difficult than others. <laughs> well, well said. <laughs> uh, so you guys do British? I, I know, you guys uh, do British? Be dominant? No, we throw those in garbage. That's what I figured. There you go. <laughs> you you know, get them, Pat. Smart man, smart man. Richard, actually, no, I've got a friend here. He, he lives only two miles from me. He's got a 65 Triumph TR4. So it's yep. got the Smiths in it. And I, I, I told him when he was having issues with it, I said, I'm more than willing to take a look at it um, because I understand the technology and the mechanism inside. I just don't always have parts for those. Um, plus, right. um, across the world, there were different standards. For example, um, starting in about 1930, um, the American manufacturers said, okay, for every every mile, we'll have the input shaft turn a thousand times, which equates to, if I'm turning the input shaft, the, the, the speedometer cable at a thousand RPMs, that means 60 miles an hour. But if I get a Smith's, um, they're all calibrated differently. There's a little number on the, on the faceplate that tells you yes. what RPM is correlated to a certain speed. If I get a Veglia from Italy, that might go into a Pantera, completely different. So parts and um, literature are obviously really important. So it comes down to what you're used to. But uh, it did do his for him. I, I was happy to get the accuracy correct. Um, I owe him a tachometer as well, but he doesn't care about that as much at the moment. So I don't throw him in the trash, but I usually keep him close to the trash. <laughs> unlike won't, Pat, I, well made. <laughs> yeah, unlike Pat, I have one thing to concentrate on: my car. He has untold things to, to try to do all at the same time. Right? It's it's it's, it's that's, really that's hard when well he's But and I, and I appreciate that. So thank you. Um, but at the same time, companies like Stuart Warner, King Sealy. Um, the predecessors, Stewart and Warner Individual Companies, they uh, they knew that the business they were getting into was a service industry, and speedometers need to be serviced. So the literature in terms of part numbers, um, in terms of service procedures, um, is very, very good. Um, it's, right. it's actually amazing, um, including all the sales literature. You know, this was a business. They were trying to keep their doors open, so anything they could do to keep their part on somebody's car was valuable. So well, don't, it is don't a lot, un- but probably not as much archaeology. But don't undersell yourself because there's not a lot of people doing this, and the car, the classic car hobby needs more people like you that are willing to do the work and figure it out and all that to help us keep our cars historically correct. And so I gave you credit for that. I mean, obviously there's that passion there for this, so... It has to be. Yeah, like it's the only way you can do it. It does, it does feed that passion, yeah. Pat, let me ask you. So, 
you know, invariably, um, as the old signs and some of the service departments uh, across the country used to say, you know, shop rates, uh, $10 an hour. If you watch, $20 an hour. Um, if you give advice, $30 an hour. If you've worked on this before yourself, $40 an hour. So, you know, what what are some of the things that people do when it comes to their speedometer that they shouldn't do? You know, what, what are the things that, you know, they can do that are maintenance items that will keep them humming along, but... You know, sometimes there's just those things where that happen, and you know what they've got to send them to you, get them to an expert, and get them taken care of. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple questions you had in there, Tom. I'll try to answer them in order. Um, yeah. Without sounding without sounding arrogant, um, just yesterday a gentleman contacted me asking if I had the hairspring for a '48 Chevy pickup truck. The hairspring is this tiny little thing. Think of a think of a watch spring or a clock spring. It returns the pointer back down to zero. And I said, I do. Normally, I'm not in the position of selling parts, but I have to caution you. If you put it on, it doesn't necessarily mean it's calibrated. So, after a conversation, I tried not. You know, I, I said I'll be happy to sell you one, but I just need you to know this. So that that's one where, just like any restorer or anybody buying or selling a car, you have to try to be as clear about each party's objectives as you can. So in that situation, eventually he said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll just send the whole thing to you. So occasionally I get my joke, Richard, it's not that I throw them in the trash, but I do occasionally get a box of pinball parts that you have to put back together, just like the old classic car story, right? I bought a, a garage full of parts. Um, yep. So that happens. So that's, that's the first question, Tom. Um, the second part is what can the owner do? really comes down to observation, you know, just being in tune with your car, and the degree to which you want to take certain things on. So being in tune with your car means if you see a, a needle, a pointer, as we call it, bouncing, um, that's usually an indication that the lubrication inside the speedometer, not necessarily the cable, the speedometer, is drying out. Um, usually what's happening there is amount of torque it takes to spin that little input goes higher and higher and higher and the, the cable is acting like a big long rubber band it winds up and then flings the whole thing so that's usually an early warning that something's happening <clears throat> um, if you are also getting squealing that's kind of like a, an oil pressure light stop and disconnect the speedometer cable because death is imminent um, if it's squealing that oil is bad. Doing is bad. Well, uh, let me tell you something. All British cars, the speedometers bounce around. So that means they suck from the factory. Well, that's because well, the whole car bounces around. <laughs> that's right. Well, all right. On that note, we're going to a break. <laughs> <laughs> Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. 
Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Hello from the Ozarks, everybody. (laughs) We're here. Okay. Take it away, Tommy. We found you. So, uh, I want to thank both Alexander Sultanas of KDF Wagon fame and Pat Mesher of Bill's Speedometer of Dayton, Ohio, uh, for being on with us. They are both going to be at the AACA Fall Nationals starting a week from Tuesday. They are both going to be doing seminars. Alexander's seminar is going to be at 10 a.m. on Wednesday at the AACA Library and Research Center, and Pat Mesher's Speedometer Seminar is going to be at the same location, but on Thursday at 10 a.m. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. And uh, I guarantee you we're going to have these guys back because there's just a whole lot more to tell about speedometers and KDF wagons. It's just, you know, stuff that uh, will blow your minds and leave you thinking and wondering. But, uh, Richard, so you're in the Ozarks, huh? You, you actually got a signal that you put a tinfoil hat on. <laughs> God, you guys from Virginia are really a bunch of wise guys. I thought the guys from Queens were wise guys, but no. Now the guys, uh, there's real wise guys in Brooklyn. You know that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I knew a few. So what's uh, going yeah. on out there? Well, it's, I'm in Springdale, which is in the northwest corner and uh, of Arkansas, and uh, there's a British car show. They invited me out, and I'm the guest speaker tonight at their uh, banquet. So I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't write any notes down. I just better have good and... food. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I hope there's something good. I know I'm not going to get lasagna, but, uh, you know, 
the people so far, they're friendly. There's a nice selection of cars. There's not much oil left in the parking lot where they parked all night. So that's a good sign. So everything is running. And, uh, yeah, we want to have a good time. We're going to be leaving now and setting up the little crankshaft booth and sell some magazines. Uh, the weather's good, and uh, you, you've got uh, your better half over there uh, selling. It's a good thing you're talking to me because uh, your better half, she always does a much better job of interacting with the public and, and signing folks up and, you know, uh, spreading the gospel of crankshaft magazine than you do, I think, so... Well, you know, she is from Vermont, so they understand her when she speaks. When I talk, they go, what? <laughs> what What did you just say? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be 93 degrees here today in, in Arkansas. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, it is what it is. I know. Uh, here in Virginia, it was uh, 39 degrees up here on the mountain this morning. So, wow. Wow, what a difference, uh, huh? Yeah, it really is. So, so next week, uh, we're going to have the crankshaft booth at Hershey in the Chocolate Field, the South Chocolate Field, bought CB59 just south of the uh, food vendors. And I expect, uh, you know, everybody to come on by and uh, have a chit-chat, you know. Maybe uh, we could sneak some uh, Johnny Walker onto the field. I don't know if they allow that, but what the heck, we'll try. And uh, come on by. Some Queen's bagels, anyway. Yeah, baby. Oh, my God. You <laughs> bagels. Oh, my God. I give you a giant hug. <laughs> oh, forget the bagels now. Gonna be, forget the bagels. Gonna be, uh, they're not going to last. They're not going to last. Um, it's going to be awesome. And, uh, you know, I really... It's, you know, the one nice thing about Hershey is it's the world's largest family reunion. You know, getting ready, getting ready is one of those things that takes a few weeks. But, you know, the best part of it is all the people, you know, you just think about everybody you're going to run into um, up there. And there's just no way to see everyone that you want to see up there. Um, you know, gonna, several years ago, fantastic. I was, yeah, several years ago, I was strolling through the South Chocolate Field. And that's when I started walking next to this guy. And it was Alex. And he started talking to me. I said to myself, who's this strange guy talking to me? And then uh, before you know it, you know, by the time we got to the end of the aisle, we were like friends. <laughs> so you that's never it. know who you meet. Right? Yeah, right. Remember that? Kind of the way it Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and he showed me pictures of a VW. Yeah. Yep. So, that, that was a long time ago, know. too. Well, he, he's he's a shy guy. He's very shy. Alex Ryder is. Um, you you hit it on the head, Tom. Though Hershey's about a, about the extended car family we all have. It's it's it really is the truth. My favorite part of it is of is, is hanging out with all my friends there. I mean, we have uh, Italian dinners in the field with the with Diane and Steve Mirrors every year, and at a, at a, we have a barbecue. I mean, it's just. At night, it's it, it, it's like a tradition thing. It's wonderful. So that's what it's about. The cars are just what get us there, but the friends are what keep us there every year. And the crab cake. The crab uh, cake from Maryland. I go there every year for them. All right, yeah, we'll throw crab the crab cake, cake sandwiches. <laughs> crab cake sandwiches, and then you've got uh, the French... The French fry guy, I can't think of the name of it now. Um, they're, they're every and the guy who sells Jiro's. French fries. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Says, gyros. 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 Yeah. Right there. Right at the base of the, uh, of the uh, crosswalk. Um, right. He's right there. You know, and the cool thing is, too, you know, it's not only just uh, your friends that you're going to see there. It's the vendors you see there. There are certain people that, you know, you absolutely make a point to go by and, and visit with every year because either they have parts that you like, you enjoy talking to them, or they know where you can find the parts that you need or all the above. Um, but there's, there's even British car stuff. I mean, there's a whole section of the field that is sort of populated. It's interesting. is the, the, the entirety of the flea market is not segregated, but there are definitely, um, you know, little areas that are, you know, grass car eras areas, and then there's the British area, and then there's the Rolls Royce area, the Packard area. I mean, they even have British car stuff there, Richard. They do. Just bring and, a, and all the stuff don't work. <laughs> just bring, just uh, go to the British area, though, bring a raincoat. It's always raining in that spot, though, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And, and you got to have strong shoes with uh, good soles because you'll slip on all the oil from leaking out of the engine that they have sitting there. But, uh, yeah. It, Hershey's a lot of fun. I can't wait. This is the first time since I started going in 83 that I'm going to have a booth. And my brother's coming out from Long Island. So, yeah, we're going to have a good time. Come on by, yeah. folks. Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, this will be, I don't know. I think it's probably my, I don't know, been going for 30, 30 something years, yeah. I think. But, uh, had a, had a flea market space there for, Plenty, at least, and uh, so we'll be in front of the uh, almost directly in front of the Giant Center, down close to the uh, uh, Hershey Park Drive and the uh, Car Corral. And uh, you know, if you, for whatever reason, if you miss Richard's booth um, and you happen to stumble by our way, I, I'm going to have stuff. Yeah, propaganda for Richard that'll send you to Richard, that'll give you uh, the ability to, you know, pick up a card, to sign something, sign someone up. I mean, you know, Christmas is right around the corner, and I can't think of a better gift to give anyone than a uh, subscription to Crankshaft Magazine. And, and I sincerely mean that. I mean, how many gifts can you give to people that are going Liberty. to be coming throughout the year you know you, you you go you get somebody something crappy off of amazon you know a sharper image uh you know let me tell you something, something and it, they use it let me tell you something it, you know yeah what are you gonna tell me yeah come on tell me if <laughs> if if alex comes and visits me and brings me a bag of jersey bagels as uh -oh. much as nice the nice things you just said i'm still not sharing my bagels with you no way. I'm bringing them back to Tennessee. So you're not going to share anything. You're going to share any bagels with me. You know, you still owe me. No. Um, I don't know how many breakfasts <laughs> at at Waffle House. I I think by now you owe me like you know almost six months worth of breakfasts at Waffle House. Waffle I do. A, uh, a, That's all a you Tom. You'd pay for. Tom, GBB thirty five. Remember that. Just meet me over there. I got. I got. I'll have some in the trunk for you. 
Okay. Hey, you know, hey, Pat. I'm here. Uh, just to say, Pat, have you got a? Are, are you going to have a booth out there on the field? I, I do. I'm in. Are you Well, I shot off like many of the vendors. I do a little bit of both because I'm usually like all of us running somewhere to pick up some speedometer parts or parts for the Hudson or the Packard that I prearranged. So. I'm like a pinball bouncing around the field. I try to be at the booth as much as possible. So, Pat, a lot of people prop stuff off for you. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, Pat. Uh, prop offs and pickups. Go ahead, Richard. It, it, it sounds it, it sounds like that the Packers and the Hudson speedometers were better built than the British Smith speedometers. Is that true? <laughs> Actually, I'm not a big fan of the one that's in the Hudson. <laughs> Oh, it's, see, Tom, they're not that good cause. See? <laughs> That's good. He, he's not biased. He loves his Hudsons, but he's willing to say it. That's good. Yeah, yep. there you go. Uh, none of these things is perfect. So, so if somebody has a Speedo and they're listening today and they decide to shop, shop down there at Hershey and, you know, they got a needle bouncing, they can come drop it off to you and then you'll mail it back to them, right? He's the guy. He's going to have done that. Wrong. Yep. And, and what's your space number again, Pat? My, spa- my space number, Bill's speedometer, is C4Q28. What field is that? Q28 chocolate field. North chocolate Good field. Good deal. <laughs> So I'm just going to tell you, cheap cars are good, cheap tools are cheap bad. Tools are <laughs> cheap tools are bad. Keep that in mind. Have a great weekend, folks. Be good. Take care, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.